This is not becoming a thing. No, this is not a thing. I'm pretty sure it's a thing. It's not a thing. You heard the drop. You heard the music from the producer of Is This a Thing? Is This a Thing 2? And Is This a Thing 3? Comes Is This a Thing Part 4 on the Sunday Morning Grind Podcast. Josh Taylor, Greg Finley. We're doing this again because we keep doing it and it keeps being fun. And you guys like when we do it. So we're just going to keep rolling until either A, football season comes, or B, we just get tired of it and stop. But at this point, I've already put in a bid to just keep this going because I'm having too much fun. But all the same. Josh, have you ever have you seen like every South Park episode? Um, not everyone. But like most of them? Most of them. Have you have you seen the ones where they go from the creators of Rob Schneider is a carrot <laughs> is Rob Schneider is a stapler? <laughs> I think I have seen that's, that one. That's what it, yeah, that's what I thought of as soon as you said from the creators of. <laughs> I had, I had to sell it, man. You got to sell it at this point. Now that we're getting into South Park, we're already off the rails. <laughs> we're, we're 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 dropping all these sequels, man. We're like we're like Marvel right now. We're just dropping sequels <laughs> left and right. There's like four Thor movies and four Is This a Thing shows. And then so, we will you know. break the Is This a Thing MCU whenever we get to the trade deadline special. And yes. then we'll get back into Is This a Thing stuff until we do our football preview at the beginning of, you know, preseason where we go through everything. We go through everything. And then we're going to hit the Steelers hard when we get into September. We're going to hit the NFL hard all together. We'll hit college football hard all, the, all together. Baseball playoffs. Baseball playoffs. I, I kind of like this whole dropping in a Friday morning thing. Me too. Because it allows us to preview the weekend. So Yeah, I'm cool with that. Which means we can talk about college football. <laughs> Dude, yes. Why didn't we think of that? I don't know. It's because it's called the Sunday Morning Grind. Because it's the Sunday Morning Grind podcast. That's exactly what it is. But that's okay. That's all right. People we're, can listen to it on Sunday. They'll just check our answers from college football on Saturday. We're going to keep the name, but we're going to change the release date. Yes. That's what we're going to do. Yes. And is this a thing will be a very large part of the of the of these formats though. And we do too because we do too many well we're recording this on Thursday so we don't know what happened when right. we get when we released on Sunday. Right. Well now we can actually talk about stuff that's coming on Saturday. Yeah, we've decided to stop limiting ourselves in in what we can talk about and when we release. It it makes our lives easier and that's a good thing. Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's jump into it. Once again, just like the past couple of weeks, 14 topics. We are going to try to hit these as hard as we can, as I want to say as fast as we can, but we want to get you in and out of here in probably an hour or so. We don't want to hold you here the entire time. So let's jump into it. We got a lot of baseball. We got football. We got some basketball stuff to talk about. It might be my time to maybe go on a little rant about one of my teams again. We'll get into it. Wait, before we get to before we get to our list though, yes. that was something I wanted to do real quick. Okay. Last week we talked about a couple of things and some things have come out now that are saying if it was a thing or if it wasn't a thing. Oh, we got a recap. Yeah, okay. There yeah, were let's a, recap. There were a couple of things that let's check our answers. That we needed to recap on. And now that I've brought this up, I'm completely blanking. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, no. Well, Jacob deGrom was one of them. You were right about that. We one. talked about Jacob deGrom and he already has gotten pushed back another week because, God forbid, that guy's arm is actually healthy for an entire year. You and- called that to the letter. <laughs> Lock, stock, and barrel. You had that one from the beginning. 
You nailed it. It's just not. It's just not fair to no. be a Mets fan. It's just not. <laughs> it's also not fair to be a Duquesne fan. So touche. Um, we talked about the Penguins getting the band back together. They've added another piece. Yes. To the band getting back together now, Kasperi Kapanen is coming back. Yes. And so that is a thing. It is a thing. We already talked about Malkin and Latang, but. They're bringing Cappy back. And they added Jeff Petrie, who becomes a pretty good number two right defenseman. I, I, I like this move with Jeff Petrie. I think this gives you a chance for three really good solid defensive pairings. And and they they wanted defensemen that were a little bit a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, and could move the puck well too. So mm-hmm. they found what they were looking for. And then I remember the other one. The Big Twelve and Pac twelve are not partnering up together. We talked about that. For the last couple of weeks about all these conferences wanting to make mega conferences. Well, the Pac-12 and Big 12 have stopped discussions and it will not happen. So that was not a thing. And I believe we both said it wouldn't be a thing because it's hard to put teams in the West Coast and Mm -hmm. in the Big 12 in the same conference. You know what the best part about that? The best news is, Greg? What's that? We get Pac-12 after dark. (laughs) It's still a thing. That's what I'm talking about. I need my Pac-12 after dark, man. I need it. I need it. I'm so happy. Don't ever, ever, ever bet on Pac-12 after dark. No. no, Never do it. Just watch it in its insanity and enjoy the carnage because you don't know what the hell is going to happen. That's what makes it great. Never think, oh, Oregon's playing Cal. Oregon minus 24 and a half. No problem. No. No, Don't do that. I've learned, but... I have also retired, so I've definitely learned. You went out on top, man. You Jerome Bettis did, so it's it's, it's totally okay. All right, so I think you like those Jerome. Were... You like Jerome Bettis and John Elway did at the same time, <laughs> which is fantastic. I mean, when you hit a plus seven twenty six parlay on two championship yeah. teams, I don't think you can go out any higher than that. You went out on two championships, like that's. Eight hundred dollars richer. That's I'm, incredible. I'm happy. I'm, so. I'm 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 incredibly proud of you. I'm I'm I. W- there, one more recap. I have not had a relapse yet, and I have Good not like, wanted a relapse. I haven't thought. Oh, I definitely want to bet today. No, like I haven't. Just that, ha- hasn't happened. That's what happens when you go out at the top of your game. You have nothing left to prove. There you go. No, there there's still people that go. We're gonna get you out by football season. Like, okay, good luck. <laughs> I really hope you don't. Only if there's an $800 bet that you can absolutely smash. That's it. That's it. That's, and at that point, I'm like, I, I'm like, look, I did a two-legger for 800. I'm not coming back for anything less than a thousand. Okay, but don't win me a thousand bucks. Like, what are we even talking about? You talking? You talking short money with me? If you want me to come back, you better fork over the money because I'm not forking over my own. You should just drop the same thing. I'm like, great, you can come back for this bet. You guys can't afford me. You guys can't afford me. That's how you do it. Just big time them. Oh my god! You've earned the right, my friend. You've earned the right. <laughs> All right, let's do it because we got a long list to get to here. We got a lot of baseball this week, but there's some pretty, pretty interesting things, and a lot of them are trade related. So here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna bunch all this baseball stuff together because there's a lot of it. So we'll start with the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, according to our colleague Rob Beer Temple from the Athletic, Toronto is looking for a pitcher. Um, let's be honest; they need a few. <laughs> <laughs> they need starters, and you and I damn well know they need relievers. Here's uh, the thing about their starting pitching, though. They've already gotten a couple of guys, and, mm-hmm. like Jose Barrios, yep. but he's not working out there. His ERA right. is like six. Like They had Robbie Ray. They got rid of Robbie Ray, to, right. and now he's with the Mariners. Like 
Toronto will find a way to Toronto this up. Whoever they're going to trade for, they'll find a way to blow this. But Alec, go ahead. Alex Manoa is the guy yeah, I've grown to like. I've he's grown been to like very Alex good, Manoa. but he's the only guy who was in the All-Star game, and yeah. that rotation is loaded. His mom has become a superstar, too. Like, has she? Yeah, she's kind of famous. It's ridiculous. Nice. <laughs> um, but that's a different story. Anyway, Toronto looking for picture, pitchers. One of the names that has been trotted out there, and it shouldn't come as a surprise to no one if you are even remotely in the Pittsburgh area or even surrounding area. Jose Quintana's name has been bandied about as a possible trade target for the Toronto Blue Jays. Greg, we'll start with this one. Jose Quintana to Toronto. Is this a thing? It would be a solid move because Quintana has already proven that he can pitch against the Yankees. Hmm. Toronto will be playing the Yankees in that division a couple more times. Yes. Going to have to play Boston. Going to have... They're going to have to worry about the Orioles because the Orioles are making a wild card push right now. And you're going to have to beat those teams if you're going to make a run to the to the postseason. Remember, they just fired their manager because they thought they'd be further ahead. Right. So if you're firing your manager because you don't think you are where you're supposed to be and you're trying to make this push, you're going to have to get a guy that's going to be able to go toe-to-toe with New York and go toe-to-toe with Boston and hold off Tampa Bay and Baltimore. Like, whoever comes in has to be able to take the ball every fifth day and give you a shot every time it's in his hand. I think Quintana can do that. I agree. However, I don't know if Toronto will give Ben Charrington what he will want. That's fair, but I will counter with this. If anybody knows what Toronto's holding in their minor league system, it's the guy who used to be their VP of baseball operations before he came to Pittsburgh. So Ben Charrington not only knows what he wants— but he also knows what Toronto has. Right. So he's going to go for what he knows that he wants, and they might not give it to him. Or if Toronto's desperate enough, he can hold them over a barrel. That would be great. <laughs> there, there's there's a back and forth here. I don't think it's really a slam dunk one way or another. I think that'll be interesting. But I think it is a thing, and if it's not a thing for Toronto, it might be a thing for Boston. That wouldn't surprise me because Chris Sale is hurt again. Yeah, that, so that's a huge blow to if, them. If it's not a thing for Toronto, it could be a thing for Boston. I'd keep an eye on that if, one. If I'm Toronto, I at least ask right. if I can get Quintana and Bednar. I at least ask. Yeah, They need asking. bullpen. It mm. is worth asking. And once again, if the guy who's going to know what the proper return is based on Toronto's system is the guy who used to be there. So yeah. that makes perfect I think, sense. I think they could make a deal. I don't want Bednar gone. but I do think I. If, I think if Toronto would give the Pirates what they want because they would get a Bednar in a Quintana package, I think that the, they might do it. It's going to take a guy that's already on the roster, in addition to whatever guys that are coming up. Bo Bichette, maybe? Bo Bichette would be nice because, I mean, they're going to want some kids in return, but they need to have one guy that's already on that team to bring back. Don't that would let be it, my Don't let it be Kevin Biggio because he's a bust. <laughs> I'd be happy with Bo Bichette. I'd yeah, be more than happy me with too. Bo Bichette. Speaking of players we would both be happy with, we both love Shohei Otani. Yeah, both of course. Both love Otani. Now... The Athletic put a story out recently that the the caption was, if you think Aaron Judge's contract negotiations have been complicated, it's going to look like child's play compared to Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani's next contract being more complicated than Aaron Judge. Greg, is this a thing? Yeah, it is a thing because Otani's making another run for MVP. So is Judge. But Otani was the MVP last year. Playing on a terrible Angels team. We'll get to that in a minute. Putting up incredible hitting numbers. And, oh, yeah, by the way, putting up incredible pitching numbers. So, yeah, Otani 
is definitely going to have an unreal contract. And it's hard to win MVP on a bad team. Because a lot of times, voters don't vote for guys on bad teams now. He did it last year. <laughs> and he did it last year on a bad Angels team, and they haven't gotten any better. One more thing I'll drop in before we move on here. It's hard enough to be considered as an MVP candidate when you're a pitcher. But when you're a good pitcher, you're going to command some money. You're also going to command some money when you're a pretty damn good hitter and you can hit for power. And it just so happens this dude does both. <laughs> he could cash out probably a $350 million contract doing either thing that he does. And he does both. That's good. That You're talking $400 million territory, potentially. They were talking to Garrett Cole and Max Fried at the All-Star game this past week about uh, designated hitters now all around baseball. And mm -hmm. they go, you know, it's got to give you an appreciation for what the guy on first base, which was Otani, is doing right now. Yeah. Cole said if he would get a hit and then he'd have to go from first to third on the Pirates, he would be winded and out of you know, he would be terrible on the mound that next inning because he just had to do all that stuff. It's like, you look at Otani, he's leading off, he's running the bases, he's hitting home runs, and he's pitching efficiently every single start that he's gone out. He's given them a chance to win for a team that can't win without him pitching. You know what Shohei Otani is? This era's Babe Ruth. <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's, that's one thing. But he is what National League purists swear that National League pitchers are. <laughs> that they're just capable of pitching and being like offensive wizards at the plate. Oh, ban the DH. No, 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 no. That's the guy you ban the DH for. That guy. And they've done that. They've made an exception. But he is the DH. Correct. So Correct. <laughs> they, I, think, I think he proves to be the necessary exception to the rule. You want to talk about pitchers hitting? Let that guy hit. Other than that, I'm good. Like He reminds me of a very good, well-rounded college baseball player because I've made this case for years, and uh, I'll get to this quickly. I've made this case for years as far as pitchers hitting. Lower levels of baseball, below professional baseball, pitchers hitting is not that important. Mm -hmm. It's not emphasized. It's not prioritized. Pardon the expression, but it's not a thing. The only exception when you see pitchers hitting in the amateur levels, maybe a couple kids in high school, but probably because that kid's one of the team's best hitters, and the same thing college ball, because that kid's probably one of the team's best hitters. Bednar was that at Mars when I was in high school. He was that at Mars. <laughs> yeah. So but the thing is, it's like and the thing if that kid is the best one of the best hitters on a team in college, you know when that guy's gonna hit? Lead off. <laughs> uh, no, he's gonna hit when he's not pitching. Oh yeah. He's gonna hit when he's not pitching, and guess what he's gonna be? He's gonna be the DH. Because they're going to preserve his arm. What the Angels are doing with Shohei Otani are exactly what college teams do with really good two-way players. That is the model you should follow. It makes perfect sense to me. Now, since we just talked about the possibility of Shohei Otani's next contract extension coming up, the next question is, will he get that next extension with a different team? Because there have been some bold predictions bandied about about the trade deadline. Dan Plesak from MLB Network, former Pirate briefly, by the way, uh, mentioned that his long shot prediction is Shohei Otani getting traded to the Braves. Now, we'll set the Braves to the side, but Otani getting moved at the deadline, and bear in mind, he's got two years of control left, but Otani getting moved before the deadline. Is this a thing? It's tough. I really think that the Angels will not move him. 
but I, I really hope they do. I think they should. They should, because they're probably going to get an unreal return, and he's not staying after these last two years. No, he's There's not no going to resign There's no way he's there. coming back. And they're not going to put a team together good enough to get him to resign in the next two years. No. I don't trust them to do it. No. Because they haven't done it in the two years he's been there. But, so, no. But because it's the Angels, they're going to keep him this year. They're going <sighs> to try and make it work next season. They're going to be terrible again at the deadline. Mm. And maybe next year we see a trade. Mm. That, it's it's a very, very bad it's a bad miss on an opportunity to cash out. I agree. You can cash out from another team and get a lot of stuff in return. I, I would not. If I'm the Angels, I would not waste this opportunity to get a guy that can make your team that much better immediately. But it's the Angels. But it's the Angels. <laughs> that they're in, therein lies the rub. Let's stick with the Angels. If it if he does get traded to the Braves, though, I, oh. get, I, I will probably never watch the Mets again. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And, but I will be so upset because I, the Braves are going to make a huge run if they get Otani. Here's the thing. The past couple seasons, we've been talking about the National League. I've been saying the same thing. Who, who's the team I've said I have a feeling about? Atlanta. I've been saying I got a feeling about Atlanta. If Otani were to end up in Atlanta, my God, not even Braves fans. Braves fans going to have it rough. I mean, not not only Mets fans. Mets fans are going to have it rough. Phillies fans are going to have it rough. Nationals fans already have it rough, but we'll we'll talk about that in a second. But like, if he ends up in Atlanta, it becomes lights out for the do, rest of the NL East. Forget about it. Do you move Soroka for a guy like that? I would move Mike Soroka to get Shohei Otani. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I if would I too. know I'm getting that kind of arm and I'm getting the bat the other days he's not pitching, I would move Mike Soroka. Absolutely. You give me Max Fried and Shohei Otani. And, and Chuck. <laughs> and and Charlie Morton, who's on the latter part of his career. But to finish out this season, absolutely moving Mike Soroka, without question. I would, too. Absolutely. All right, sticking with baseball here. We just talked about how it's kind of rough for Nats fans now that they know that Juan Soto wants out. Well, over the All-Star break, Juan Soto had some discussions uh, about his future. And one of the teams that was brought up, Greg... Mm-hmm. was your beloved, tortured New York Mets. <laughs> but. Beloved and tortured. <laughs> here was here was his response. He actually sounded very favorable to the idea because he cited the numbers that he has at City Field. Now, are those the numbers particularly hitting at that ballpark or is it the numbers against Mets pitching? You decide what you want to decide. But the possibility of Juan Soto being traded to the New York Mets. And I know the can of worms that I am opening. Greg, is this a thing? They are in on him. There's no doubt. There's about seven teams that are in on him. However, I've been saying it for a while to you whenever this came out. When's he going to the Dodgers? Right. <laughs> when's he going to the Yankees? That's what it feels like. It, it, see, most people are just like, oh, he's just going to go to the Yankees. No. No, he's probably going to go to the Dodgers. The Dodgers are the team I see now. It could be the Yankees or the Dodgers. Uh, honestly, I put the Yankees slightly below the Dodgers. I say the Dodgers are one and the Yankees are 1A. Yeah. For teams that are just going to scoop up guys and throw money at them. It feels like the Dodgers to me. And it feels like the Dodgers because, A, they can provide the return to get him. Yes. More than I think the Yankees could. And, B, they'll pay him whatever money, whatever money figure he wants. They'll write and an, down number and, an extension. And, they'll, and they'll give him an extension. <laughs> 440, they'll blanket that. They'll be like, that's it? 
You don't want like four fifty? You want it now? We can yeah. just we can just pay you now. Dodgers like you take a check. We'll write it to you right here in paper. We'll just give you a wet check right now. Can you imagine? We'll smudge the not smudge the figures on it. Can you imagine that outfield of Mookie and Juan Soto? That's not fair. It's not fair. It actually makes me sick just thinking about it. It's <laughs> disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting and unfair. And that's exactly what I anticipate. They they would probably move like Bobby Wilson, who's their top notch prospect mm-hmm. pitcher. Probably move Gavin Lux. Finally, mm-hmm. they're finally going to move Gavin Lux. They don't need Gavin Lux. They don't need him. I know they don't. They don't need him. They don't need the other guys in that system either. I agree. They could move anybody, any of their prospects, and I bet the Nationals would probably like shoot for uh, uh, like a Walker Bueller or a Julio Urias. They're probably not going to get them, but they might shoot for them. They might get Urias. I don't know if they'll get. I don't know if they'll get Bueller. You think they would? They could get Urias. They might get Urias. Oh my! He's young enough. There's if a, there's the Dodgers a, move Urias. Think about it. Urias is still what twenty three. He's young. Yeah, um, that's still a, that's a really great opportunity to get max return. But that's why I wouldn't move him because Kershaw is at the end of his career pretty soon. Point taken. And Walker Bueller's not not healthy right now. Fair point. Well made. And, and Gonsolin's pitching out of his mind this year, but he hasn't yeah. been this good. At all in his career until yeah, now. You wonder if it's just a, a one kind of like small sample size thing and he comes back down to earth. That's fair. It It, it is. And, and then if you're the Yankees, if you can find a way to get Gallo out and that contract out and somebody just take him and you can bring in a Juan Soto. Oh, my. But you might have to give up Matt Carpenter. <laughs> Matt Carpenter being cardinally in Washington will totally be a thing. That's all I'm saying. Okay, since we talked about the Mets and the possibility to the Mets, here's something that ties into it. Because there was a tweet out there that pretty much said the talk of baseball right now is that the Mets are almost guaranteed to move their top prospect catcher, Francisco Alvarez. In your mind, Greg, the the Mets moving Francisco Alvarez to get whether it's Juan Soto or whatever. Maybe uh, Luis Castillo. Luis Castillo, insert marquee player here. (laughs) Is this a thing? I can't believe I'm saying this, but can we package Jacob DeGrom, too? (laughs) (laughs) I never thought in a million years you'd say that. Can we just, like, move DeGrom for Sandy Alcantara and call it a day? (laughs) I I have only ever planted a seed of doubt in your mind one time when it comes to Jacob DeGrom. And I'm like, it's going to suck when he gets tired of being in New York. And you're like, he's a Met for life, Josh. I'm like... I'm just saying. And now I don't want him to be one because he can't stay healthy. I'm tired of this game. Yes, I think it is a thing, first of all, because, uh, you know, the Mets are all in right now. They're in full-on, we want to win mode. And they should be. They have the pieces, and they can add to it. And if if all it's going to take is giving up your top prospect after you just traded or you just drafted drafted a catcher, and you still have James McCann, Woo-pig. You still have Thomas Nito. You still got other guys that can come up in the system. Look, I get it. Alvarez is awesome. He's only 20 years old, and he's already about to get called up, and he's killing it. But if you can get a Juan Soto or a Luis Castillo because DeGrom's not going to pitch this mm-hmm. year, I say you make that move now. He's almost guaranteed to help make that happen. I would totally agree with that. I think it is a thing. The return is going to be the question because, like you said, there's a lot of different different targets it could be. As long as it's not for Rich Hill like it was last year. <laughs> <laughs> if it was for Rich Hill again, you would hear the collective groaning from Queens all the way here in Pittsburgh. <laughs> it would be insane. I wouldn't be able to go home with my wife to see her, her parents because my mother-in-law would be miserable because my mother-in-law is a Mets fan. 
which I actually, which by the way, I admire because my wife's family, there's a lot of baseball fans in it, but they're mostly Yankee fans. The fact that my mother-in-law is a Mets fan and a family full of Yankee fans, I can respect her for that. That so is that, Priscilla's cool mom? That's Priscilla's mom. And Priscilla's a Yankees fan. Priscilla's a Yankee fan. She also grew up in the Bronx. So, Okay, so how did her mom become a Mets fan growing up in the Bronx? I don't think her mom grew up in the Bronx the entire time, but the, I think the fact that – I don't know how it happened really. Maybe she just felt bad for the Mets. It might be a sympathetic thing. She I, she, I just, she just seems like that kind of person. Like my mother-in-law is a very empathetic individual. Yeah, I would I think, agree with that. I think I think that's what it is. It's also kicked up like sixteen notches because now she has a grandson. But that's beside the point. Most empathetic people feel for the Mets fans. See, you, you see where I'm going with this. But the fact that she is a Mets fan in like a sea of Yankee fans—that's pretty cool. It's it's that's admirable. I can respect that. Now that we've uh, really exhausted, actually, you know what? There's one more baseball thing, and we mentioned a whole bunch of angel stuff. We got to go back to one more thing. <laughs> there was a piece I can't remember who actually wrote it because I don't have it here in front of me. But there was a piece about the angels in this season, and the title was called "How This Angel Season Went to Hell." <laughs> when you sent me that, I just started laughing. I was like, yep, <laughs> because we've talked about five thirty eight dot com. Five thirty eight dot com. Thank you. Because um, we talked about. We talked about it in previous shows, the Angels firing Joe Madden, you know, wasting Mike Trout's prime of his career, having Shohei Otani and him being one of the few bright spots. It's pretty much it's Otani, Trout, and a healthy Anthony Rendon, and it's everybody else after that, which I'd, I'd make a, an exception for maybe, you know, um, Sandoval, the one pitcher that I really do like that's come up from the minors. I think he's good. Patrick Sandoval, I, I am a fan of. But outside of that, there there isn't much to look forward to with this team. My question to you. This Astro season, an Astros, good lord! <laughs> I went from crappy to great. This yeah. Angel season, going straight to hell. <laughs> Not just this one, but the one before it. Is this a thing? So, from this article you sent me, no team has ever collapsed quite like these Angels. Among yeah. NL or AL teams with at least twenty-five wins in their first forty-four decisions of a season, most losses over the following forty-eight games, nineteen oh one through twenty twenty-two. The Angels. Since the twenty-seven and seventeen start, are twelve and thirty-six. Mm. Yeah, it's a thing. It's the Angels. We've mm. been uh, like you kind of feel bad for them because you want to see guys like Mike Trout and Shohei Otani right. make a playoff push because they are that big of names because they are that good for the game. Right. But you just you turn the Angels on and they're down nine nothing to the Dodgers and it's like, man, like this isn't even fun. Or Shohei Otani goes like six innings, gives up like a run. He also drives in two with an RBI triple. And, and Rysel blows to the ninth. <laughs> and they're down like five to two. You're like, how in the world? How is this happening? It it just it makes zero. I sense. have I have officially dropped Rysel Iglesias off my fantasy team because he blew yet another save. I was the Rysel Iglesias guy. I thought he was one of the few bright spots in the bullpen, if not the bright spot in the bullpen. Yep. They don't have one anymore. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, this team is just totally fell fault. They've fallen off a cliff. They've become the Browns of Major League Baseball. Yeah. They're they the, have the pieces, but they can't put it together. They're the Pirates 12 years ago. Epic Collapse 1 and Epic Collapse 2 in 2011 and 2012. And now Trout's having back spasms and he's not healthy anymore. It's like, like I can't, I, I can believe it because of the money they offered him, but I can't believe that he doesn't want to win somewhere else. Mike Trout is a rare, rare breed of creature. The fact that he's willing to be that loyal to the Angels, I think, says a lot for him. It does, and a lot of money, too. But I just, 
I can't believe he wouldn't want to go somewhere else and win. All right, here's what we're going to do, because we talked a lot of baseball here. So we will take a break, and then when we come back, we're going to jump into everything else. Because we got basketball to talk about, we got football to talk about. Plus, we got this weird food trend that could be happening, and we got to talk about that too. We'll get into all those things and more. This is Is This a Thing Part 4 on the Sunday Morning Grind Podcast. See you back here in a minute. You're listening to the Sunday Morning Grind Podcast, a show where we talk about sports both on the Pittsburgh level locally, but also around the sporting world as well. We have a little fun with it, by the way, too. You can download the Sunday Morning Grind on iTunes, Google Podcast, Anchor, or Spotify, basically anywhere you get your podcasts from. Now let's get back to the show. This is not becoming a thing. No, this is not a thing. I'm pretty sure it's a thing. It's not a thing. Welcome back. Is this a thing? Part four on the Sunday Morning Grind podcast. Josh Taylor, Greg Finley. We have been playing our favorite news headline game for about a half hour. We're going to do it for probably another half hour because we got a couple more topics to get to. We had a lot of baseball in the first segment. We're going to jump over. We got football. We got basketball. Um, We even have golf to discuss. We'll get into all those things. Let's start with football because we've got a handful of those things. We will start with news that just came down. We're recording this on Thursday. News that just came down earlier today, Greg. Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, they have agreed to a contract. Five years, $230.5 The reason why I emphasize the half, not because I treat it like a young child, describing their age being eight and a half as opposed to just eight. No. I point out the 230 and a half million because it is literally the half that puts Kyler Murray slightly ahead of Deshaun Watson. 230 and a half million for Murray, 230 million for Deshaun Watson, which is very interesting to me. So clearly he wanted just enough more than the guy who got that much from the Browns. Now, I say all that to say this. There is another quarterback out there looking for a contract that right now I think is a more valuable commodity or at least has shown a little bit more value than the other two previous guys. And you can think whatever you want about him, but Lamar Jackson has value, especially considering the fact that the Ravens don't have many other options behind him. Right. So my question to you, Kyler Murray just got just got paid. Lamar Jackson getting paid more. Is this a thing? I think it absolutely is a thing. And it's for the reason that you just brought up. What else do they have right now? Trace McSorley and Tyler Huntley aren't going to do it. Lamar's going to have to stay healthy this year. You can't get hurt on a contract season coming up. But I think that if the Cardinals are paying Kyler that kind of money and the Cardinals haven't really done anything yet with this team, they got bounced by the Rams in the wild card last year. They got embarrassed, let's be honest. Yep. They haven't really amounted to what we thought that they would amount to yet. The Browns paying Deshaun Watson stupid money for a guy that's about to be suspended for that, might be a whole season. That was Philadelphia Philly stupid money. Correct. You're absolutely right. Correct. <laughs> Couldn't happen to a better team, by the way. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, the. The Ravens are absolutely going to pay Lamar Jackson to be their quarterback for the next couple of years. I And I think it'll be more money because he's going to say, all right, 
you're paying Kyle. They're going to pay Kyler this much money. And look what I've done with this team compared to what they've done with that team. Now, granted, he hasn't gotten them to the Super Bowl. They've been the one seed a couple of times and they've gotten eliminated. They've been bust. But still, it, I think that he's way more important. He's got a, a hell of a case to make because he, he can say, look, there's another guy in the division that just got all that money and he's not going to take a snap for them this year. Right. <laughs> and then there's me. And then there's, you know, the quarterback for the other team in Ohio that went to the Super Bowl and he's not up to get paid yet. And then there's a team that we face all the time. They got two journeymen, well, one journeyman and another guy who's who wants the the fans want to run him out of town and a rookie. I'm the I'm the best commodity you got right now, possibly in the division that's not named Joe Burrow. Yeah. So, and I'm the one guy that's up to get paid, and I'm better than the two guys that just get paid. So you got to pay me. I'll say these two things. Number one, a good or a service is only worth what someone is willing to pay for it. So if the Ravens are willing to pay more than $230.5 million over five years for Lamar Jackson, then guess what? That's what the market dictates that he's worth. Right. We can sit here and argue whether or not it's too much money or not, but that that is the that is the basic, as basic of a definition you will get. The value of something is only worth as much as someone is willing to pay for it, and I think the Ravens are going to have to be willing to pay for it or they're not going to get it. Number two, and I think this is this is more important. The And not just the Ravens. This goes for any team in the league. Teams in the league right now that either draft or acquire quarterbacks, they're going to pay quarterbacks because this league is considered a quarterback league until someone proves that it's not. That's where I fall on this. Because you know me, I've done this research on it as far as teams that have won Super Bowls without, you know, huge name quarterbacks. In the last 40 years, 10 teams have won Super Bowls without maybe marquee Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Two of those have come in the last decade. The Eagles did it. With Nick Foles. And ironically, the Ravens did it. With Joe Flacco. With Joe Flacco. Yep. And I've been making this case because I'm looking at what the Steelers are doing at quarterback, and I'm saying, hey, you don't have to have a top-notch, top-tier Hall of Fame guy to win a, win a Super Bowl every season. It doesn't have to be exactly that. And I think Philly was probably the best example of that. Now, I say all that to say this. You know, when you're talking about what a quarterback can be for a football team, it's really important to remember you're going to have to have an entire team together making it all work. It's not going to be just one guy. You can't just say insert quarterback here and everything else be out of sorts. you got to have at least a defense that can help complement what that quarterback does. I guess you'd figure why I would think that, considering the fact what we've seen in this city the past you know several years. Right. you got to have some balance there. Mike Tomlin calls it complementary football. I think that's important. But Baltimore is in position right now to possibly have complimentary football, but it's not going to matter if you don't sign the quarterback. They had a really good draft, and I think this gets kind of swept under the rug when we're talking about Lamar Jackson. They have brought in guys these past couple drafts that could be fixtures for this team for the next several years, and now they're going to be cheap while you can spend money now on your quarterback, and these other fixtures are still cheap. Do it now while the core around him isn't as expensive as he could potentially be. I agree with that. They just moved Marquise Brown, too, didn't they? Do you see where I'm going with yeah. this? They moved Hollywood Brown. So they're like, look, we can draft another receiver. Teams are drafting receivers every year. If this draft did not tell you anything, 
it told you that teams are saying, hey, look, and and we saw a couple teams move receivers. A.J. Brown got moved to Philly from from Tennessee. Tyreek Hill got moved out of Kansas City. Tyreek Hill got moved out of Kansas City. Teams are telling receivers, you want to go get paid? Go ahead. You're not going to get paid here. You can go get paid somewhere else. We can replace you. Go get paid by stupid teams like the Jets. Exactly. (laughs) Steelers just drafted two receivers that might outperform the two guys that left. And that's not even a might in my book. I think they will outperform the two guys that left. There's receivers dime a dozen now. You get one or two that fit your system, it doesn't matter the guy that left. As long as your quarterback meshes with him, the rest doesn't matter. I agree. Moving on. Sticking with football, though. The next topic here I want to get into. Um, oh, this is a good one. Um, yeah, this is a good one. We'll do this one now. <laughs> this is a one of those weird, crazy, Loki variant nexus event type things. But we got to get to this. I don't remember what this is now, but go ahead. <laughs> and there's a statistic, and and I have not been able to verify this for myself, but it's been put out there. So if it's not, and you, oh, need double, you can oh, fact check it, by I all means, what, let us know. I know what this is now. <laughs> Every year Jennifer Lopez has gotten married, Tom Brady has won a championship. She just got married to Ben Affleck. This is her sixth marriage, I believe. But every year, J-Lo has gotten married. Tom Brady has won a championship. Tampa Bay Bucks are a plus 700 favorite this season to win the Super Bowl. My question to you, Greg Finley. Jennifer Lopez getting married and Tom Brady lifting lifting the Lombardi trophy yet again for what, the eighth time in his career? Is this a thing? So they've got, it was in Michigan the, the first time, and then it was in the NFL two more times. Oh. So this would be the fourth time that it would match up. Wow. So it hasn't been every year. Here's, here's has the she thing. been married six times or has it been four times? According to this picture, this is her fourth. Oh, because someone told me it's been six times. Which well, is maybe. Crazy. I mean, every year J Lo's gotten married, Brady won a championship, and there's four pictures. So she might have like got four. married twice before he started playing. Maybe that's what it is. That would make sense. Okay. Fair enough. So But is this a thing? Brady's coming back from retirement. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that that has anything to do with it, but I'm not not saying it either. <laughs> that's actually insane. Now that I think about that, you you think that maybe he saw that and was like, Hey Giselle. <laughs> I like I know this is out there, but I can't retire yet. J Lo is getting married again and I'm undefeated when she gets married. In fairness, <laughs> he came back before it was now she was getting married. So in fairness. Why do you have to ruin that? I'm just saying. <laughs> gotta gotta clarify. We don't want to put out false information. That's but. fair. But yeah, I think I think any time that Tom Brady takes the football field, there's a shot that he's gonna will his team to a Super Bowl. So Tampa Bay plus 700 seems like really good value, even though I'm not going to bet it because I'm not betting anymore. I'm retired. But, yeah, it's Tampa Bay. It's Tom Brady. I think very well it could be a thing, Josh. And if it is, we're going to talk about it as the <laughs> J-Lo theory. <laughs> It'll be the J-Lo theory. It'll be the reverse Drake curse. I wonder what uh what our buddy uh, Jose Canseco thinks about this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's a great question. 
That's an excellent question. We might have to do some research on that and see if Jose Canseco has said anything about Jennifer Lopez getting married. Because who was the one person who publicly was hoping for Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez to break up? Him. It was Jose Canseco. We and we we appreciate his efforts. We we appreciate his service for the content that he 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 helps produce to talk about on this show. Poor A Rod. Poor A Rod. You gotta feel for him. Well, I mean, he's not poor, but you know what I mean. No, but you feel you feel bad for him that Canseco just like wakes up in the morning and goes, "How can I ruin this guy's life today?" <laughs> <laughs> like Jose, I'm telling you, we talked about this previously on the show. Jose Canseco was player hater of the year. This this should be a Family Guy thing. Canseco and A. Man, this is almost as bad of a feud as A-Rod and Jose Canseco. That would be a great cutaway. I'm very disappointed. He has not tweeted since July 9th. He's been pretty quiet lately. Canseco's been quiet. Uh, there's going to be. There's going to be a congratulations J-Lo tweet at some point, right? <laughs> Got to be. Because one of the last four tweets that he had, or one of the last ones he's had in maybe the past month or so, was on June 19th, and it said, Happy Father's Day to everyone. Except for Alex okay. Rodriguez. It, it said, okay, okay, even A-Rod. Oh, really? He was even nice to A-Rod on Father's Day, <laughs> if you consider that being nice. <laughs> so we might have to check back in a week to see if Jose Jose Canseco has at least congratulated Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck just to throw shade at Alex Rodriguez, because you and I both know the man is more than capable and probably more than willing. He is... He is a one-of-a-kind follow on Twitter, and it is just hilarious. <laughs> he never lets you down. Never lets you down. Okay. Okay, so do you think it's a thing? I think it is a thing. It's Tom Brady in the NFL. And you know how I feel. Tom Brady's not leaving until he ultimately decides, okay, I can't help a team win anymore. Right. I so, said the same thing. And now that J-Lo's gotten married, he can help a team win. So I think it's a thing. I look forward to seeing us possibly proven right. Although it would scare the crap out of me if that's true. If that's true, oh my God, I quit. I, I'm giving it all up. Seriously, it's just ridiculous. What if Brady goes on a drought for two years? Hey, J-Lo, can you get married again next year? <laughs> like, uh, is everything good with you and Ben? Everything okay? Can you guys, like, renew your vows even? Like, that that counts too, right? <laughs> you, could, you could come at her, like, with the, the Stewie Griffin, like, voice inflection. Yeah, you guys thinking about me beginning a divorce? Hmm? Thinking about uh, maybe dissolving the marriage under uh, amicable terms? Hmm? A little beginning, middle, and end? Maybe a uh, <laughs> couple of briefs and a lawsuit there? Hmm? <laughs> maybe uh, finish up the paperwork before the season? <laughs> if you are a Family Guy fan, uh, if you know, you know. I'll leave it at that. All right, sticking with football. We've gone completely off the rails today. <laughs> we really have. Um, Derek Carr was uh, asked about this upcoming season with the Raiders. And he talked to uh, Vic Tafer, I believe, from The Athletic. And he said, quote, it's going to be fun. No one thinks anything of us. And I think that's what makes it fun is you always have to put the ball down and play the football games. Now, it's no secret. The entire AFC West upgraded in some way, shape, or form. This is this is documented. The Chargers got Khalil Mack to match up with, um, which Bosa is that? Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa. Thank you. Because there's the Bosa brothers. They're hard to keep straight. Yes. <laughs> so Khalil Mack paired up with Joey Bosa, and, and they added J.C. Jackson on the back end. So that defensive backfield and the pass rush both got better for the Chargers. 
The Broncos added Russell Wilson after they made a huge trade. So they upgraded quarterback. Then you have the Chiefs who trade Tyreek Hill. Tyron Matthew walks in free agency. But they've made a move here and there, too. They brought in a couple receivers. They've kind of shifted guys out. They drafted a couple kids that could make the team and become useful. I'd say for that team. they took the biggest step back in the division. They actually, they've actually the team that, by comparison, took a step back. I was just about to say yep. that. Yep. But my question to you, the Raiders being overlooked at an AFC West, which, by the way, the Raiders upgraded and got our guy. Right. Hashtag feed Devontae. They got Devontae Adams and reunited him with his college quarterback in Derek Carr. But the Raiders being overlooked in the AFC West before the season. Is this a thing? I'm kind of surprised that he thinks this because I don't overlook them at all. Maybe experts are, but I think the Raiders might have the best chance to win the NFC West. You give me Devontae Adams with Derek Carr. You give me that team with that defense and how gritty they can be, mm-hmm. they were only a wide receiver away last year. I mean, they just couldn't get anything going on offense in the playoff game against the Bengals because they just did, they kept throwing to Waller because they didn't have a receiver. If they have Devontae Adams in that playoff game, they beat Cincinnati. They win easily. I am I'm, I keep telling people this. It's like, oh, Cincinnati's going to be back next year. They went to the Super Bowl last year. I'm not putting that all on Cincinnati. I'm putting that on the teams they played. The Raiders were a wide receiver short of beating them. The Titans were one good drive from sealing that game and beating them. And the Chiefs just completely let it get away in the fourth quarter. And they had, what, a 10-point lead? Yeah. The Chiefs blew that game. Completely. I think it was Cincinnati making fewer mistakes than the teams that they played that got them to the Super Bowl. And the Rams made fewer mistakes in the Super Bowl. Look, what, That's what it was for me. Look what Cooper Cup did. Devontae would have done that, too. <laughs> if you get Devontae, we're talking about literally the number one and two producing guys in the league. Yeah. So you got the number two guy behind Cooper Cup playing with the Raiders. They beat the Bengals. I'm on that. I'm totally on that train. Here's the crazy part. <clears throat> as much as we talk about the Raiders that Raiders being able to contend in that division, and I agree with that because I honestly think from the very beginning, especially since the Chiefs traded Tyreek Hill, guess what? The Raiders have the best quarterback receiver combination in the division now. They do. Their car at. And Devontae Adams, he's the best receiver in that division immediately when he walks in the door. And that's nothing against the Mike Williams of the world. That's nothing against the Keenan Allens of the world, because I like both of those guys for the Chargers. And I like some of the guys the Chiefs have, and I like some of the, ta- the young talent the Broncos have. But none of them are Devontae. Correct. <laughs> so you got the best receiver-quarterback combination. It feels palatable to me. But at the same time, given what the rest of the division is doing— the Chargers have upgraded, although I'm still the jury's still out on their coach for me because I still think he almost lost to the Steelers <laughs> on his own, and he screwed his own team out of the playoffs. I think that the Broncos have upgraded significantly, adding a quarterback that can make that offense better. And Kansas City's still Kansas City, even without Tyreek Hill. They still got Travis Kelsey. They still got Patrick Mahomes. They ain't going nowhere. So by comparison, maybe the Raiders are being overlooked. I'm calling this a thing. Okay, that's... I mean that's fair. I, they probably are being overlooked, but I think that I think they're going to be good. <laughs> I think they're going to be good too. But my my point is, I think they're being overlooked if only by default. I mean, there's just too many things going on in the NFC in the AFC West. That that whole division is stacked. I mean, between Kansas City, L.A., and Denver, all three teams have done significant things in the off season, and the Raiders have too. 
But it might be easy to overlook them maybe by default I because think- you think – with everything everybody else has done, maybe they didn't do enough big things like the other teams did. Well, I think the Chargers upgrading on defense makes them stand out now. Oh, my God. They get so much better. The Broncos getting Russ, that's just a huge name that you just brought over. Now, Devontae's a huge name, too, but it's a wide receiver. It's not as big of a deal as a quarterback. It's not a quarterback that's played in two Super Bowls and won one. Right. That's and, the difference. And the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. They will always be at the top of things. Who's also <laughs> played in two Super Bowls and won one. Yeah. So there's that, too. How about how about Green Bay? I think they're going to get overlooked because they don't have anybody right now. Like Rodgers is going to be Rodgers, but no Devontae. What are they going to be now? Green Bay did the smart thing, in my opinion. They drafted on defense. They got used two first round picks on defensive guys. They said, "Hey, look, we may not have the receivers. We still got the quarterback that can make plays. We need to make our defense a little bit better to be a little bit more complimentary. Because if the defense can get stops and you get Rodgers the ball in his hands." You got a better shot at winning the game. I don't mind this thought at all of Green Bay trying to beef up on defense here and maybe make Aaron Rodgers' job a little bit easier. Because other than that, it's going to have to be all him all the time, even though they have Aaron Jones, whom I like as a running back. He ain't Devontae. But he ain't Devontae. (laughs) And he can't avoid Aaron Rodgers potentially trying to be the thing that they make the whole airplane out of, you know, similar to the black box. That's kind of how it feels to me. So Green Bay beefing up on defense, I kind of don't hate that idea. But yeah, Razor's been overlooked. I think that's the thing. All right, let's jump to basketball here. Got it. Oh, wait, we got one more football thing. Um, there is the latest rumor that the San Francisco 49ers actually has been reported a couple of places. I know ESPN's Diana Rossini reported this. The Browns, or I should say not the Browns, the San Francisco 49ers are all in on Trey Lance. They're looking to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Potential destinations for Jimmy Garoppolo, just about every team under the sun that doesn't have a Hall of Fame quarterback, including the Steelers, but I don't think that's a possibility. (laughs) However, the Cleveland Browns could be, at least some are speculating as much, the Browns finding a way to maybe turn the frown somewhat upside down and bring in Jimmy Garoppolo for this quarterback situation. Is this a thing? They need to, but they will not. I would agree. They need to, but they won't. I don't think they have the capital to get him. No, they're paying Deshaun Watson too much. They're paying Deshaun Watson too much, and they gave up so many draft picks to get him. Right. San Francisco, if they're going to move Jimmy Garoppolo because they feel they have two guys that can start a quarterback for them and get them where they need to go, and one of them got them to the NFC Championship game. They want a good return. They're going to want a lot for the one guy they trade. So I don't think the Browns can go toe-to-toe with them. Plus, there's another thing that broke right before we started the show. Browns reportedly signed Josh Rosen. So... (laughs) Dude. They may have already screwed this up. They again. They, they are so browsing this entire offseason. They wouldn't got Amari Cooper thinking that that was going to be the Coop, Coop and Watson. And then Watson gets suspended because I guess they just didn't think that was going to happen. There are three quarterbacks in the season could be Jacoby Brissett, Josh Dobbs, and, and Josh, Josh Rosen. Rosen. <laughs> I'm should leaving I, it at that. Should I just draft both of their running backs because they're going to get like a thousand carries all year? <laughs> they're going to run the, to quote Mike Tomlin. They're going to run those guys till the wheels fall off. They're going to have to. All right, let's get some basketball stuff in here because we got a lot to get into with for that too. Um, the Warriors, their CEO had this to say about um, Steph Curry after winning yet another championship with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. Their CEO said, "Quote: I don't see Steph going off a cliff anytime soon." Sorry to the rest of the league. Steph Curry, staying where he is for a little bit, not falling off a cliff. Is this a thing? Yeah, it's a thing. Agreed. 
he's the best shooter of our generation and might be the best shooter of all time. I mean, I'd make that assertion. He continues to amaze no matter what he does. He puts on a show every single night and you have that kind of leader and he's your point guard that can run the offense, can make a pass, can make a shot, can drive the lane. The way that and he's he can, very smart without the ball, right? The way that he could just drive the lane with, I mean, he's not that tall. But the way that he can just go to the hoop and put it in anytime, anywhere, or he can just back out and hit a three, Curry ain't going anywhere, and the Warriors are going to be as good as they are for a while. I completely agree with this. There are some people that think Steph's game wouldn't have equated back in the day. I'm sitting there going, you guys act like you haven't heard of Pistol Pete. Pete Maravich's game wasn't that much different from Steph's. Right. Pete Maravich had a hell of a career. They didn't, there have, was a three, no three, they didn't have a three-point line. <laughs> and they didn't have a three-point line. Yep. You see where I'm going with this. Yep. I, I agree with this. Steph has a game that can it can translate into his later years, even if he slows down a step and he can still play. If he can still shoot, he can still play. They were bringing up on, uh, was it first take? I think it was, I can't remember. It was whatever show it was that I sent you that screenshot from. They were talking about how if Durant were to go to Golden State, it just continues to prove Curry's legacy not Durant's legacy. Like this would this would look better for Curry if Durant went to Golden State than it would for Durant. I would agree with I that. I would agree with that too. Because totally would agree with that. Curry doesn't need Durant. That's the other thing they said. They said, okay, Durant shows up. Now he wants the ball half the time. Now Curry doesn't get the ball as much. Clay wants the ball half the time. Now Curry's getting even more shots taken away from him. Mm-hmm. Like it, it doesn't work. And I agree with that. Very similar scenario. As much as they wanted to make the most out of uh, Shaq and Kobe when they finally split that pair up, Shaq went to Miami and won one with Dwayne Wade. Kobe won a couple more without Shaq. He did it with Paul Gasol, Andrew and Lamar, Bynum, Andrew Bynum, and Lamar Odom, and Ron Artest, and Ron, Ar- and Ron Artest, <laughs> aka Meta World Peace. Shaq needed a guard that could help him facilitate to help him win the championship, and he did it three different times. Yep. But Kobe did not need Shaq per se as much as Kobe just needed somebody else that could be on board with what he wanted to do and what Phil Jackson needed him to do. Correct. It's the same thing. I thought Kobe winning two more post Shaq made his legacy look better and Shaq's look worse. I really felt that way. Oh, I agree with that 100%. And I I feel the same way with Seth. I think think this is a thing. All right. I got to do this to myself. You want me to preface the question for yes, you? Yes, please. Okay. Yes, please. So you've been talking about this for a while, last couple of years, how much you have wanted a guy named Buddy Heald yep. to be a Laker. I have. There have been opportunities for them to trade for him or just assign him, and it just hasn't happened yet. Now there are talks that the Pacers are looking to move Buddy Heald, and the Lakers could be a possible suitor. And it might be a way that the Lakers could move Russ. My question to you, Josh, Russell Westbrook for Buddy Heald. Can we do it now? Is this a thing? Can can we do it now? I will fly out to LAX <laughs> to bring Russell Westbrook to LAX. I'll go to wherever he is. I'll fly to LAX. I will rent a car. Drive to wherever Russell Westbrook is, and then bring him back to LAX to ship him to Indiana. Who and I will leave now. Who are you? I'm the guy that wants you out of here more than anybody else. I'm, I'm the guy that's making sure you leave town. That's who I am. You don't even need to tip me. 
So here's totally fine. So here's the part two of this. I, this was on ESPN. That's where I sent you that. It was on Get Up with Mike Greenberg. They were talking about how LeBron, AD, and Russ were all in on a conference call about getting the band back together this year <laughs> and how they can make it work. <laughs> and they asked one of the analysts, and he said, well, of course they're going to try and make it work, and they'll say that they are, but it's been proven that these three can't win together. <laughs> and so, you know. It's not a thing. They're putting on, they're just putting on a show, right? They, it like is LeBron not a thing. and AD are probably in their own group message saying, all right, so we did that to make everybody happy, but we want Russ out of here ASAP. The moment they find a trade partner for Russ, they He's will gone. no longer think that it's possible. This right. is not a thing. This is window dressing to be nice because Russ initially showed up and played nice, so they're trying to play nice on his way out the door. This is not a thing. Do not get this band back together. Get it right this time. The Lakers could have had Buddy healed before, and they passed up on that opportunity because LeBron wanted veteran guys he didn't want young guys. LeBron needs shooters and defenders around him. There are two guys that played college basketball. Now, granted, outside of the University of Arkansas, when I covered Arkansas for that three years in the previous decade, and neither of them played at Arkansas. Marcus Smart at Oklahoma State and Buddy Heald at Oklahoma. And I loved both of those guys. And if the Lakers could get both of those guys tomorrow, I will drive and go get Marcus Smart. <laughs> In Boston, and I'll drive to Indianapolis and go get Buddy Heald and take them both to L.A. I'd do that in a heartbeat. But if you can get Buddy Heald, especially considering the fact that the Lakers had a shot at it before and balked at it, you do it, and you do it yesterday. Is do it, it. Is it bad that I really want to be a fly on the wall for that conversation with you and your wife? Hey, I'm I'm headed out to Boston real quick. I got to go pick up Marcus Smart, and then I got to go head to L.A. and grab uh, Russ. <laughs> She'll be like, why are you doing this? I'm like, because it's the Lakers. But then you know what her response would be? I thought the Lakers were Bruno. Shut up. <laughs> we're talking about Bruno again. Okay, so if, if they trade Westbrook, the Lakers would no longer be Bruno. If they do this, who's their point guard now? It's a great question. I have no idea. <laughs> That's a I problem, isn't it? <laughs> that is a problem. Then again, they're still talking about trade for Kyrie, and I'm like, eh, whatever. I think they have to move Russ in order to get Kyrie. <sighs> I don't think the Nets will do that unless they get a point guard back. You were probably right. All right. Well, I don't think this is a thing because I think they are going to get Kyrie. I I want it to be a thing. I know you do. I want them getting Buddy Heald to be a thing. I don't want them getting Kyrie to be a thing. What, if they, get, what if they get Buddy Heald, didn't have to give up Russ because the Pacers don't want him, and then the Nets give you Kyrie for Russ? Then you have Kyrie, LeBron, AD, Buddy Heald. Stop creating false expectations in my head, because when that doesn't happen, I'm going to be upset, and then I'm going to blame you, <laughs> and then I'm going to kill you. It's called hypothetical. <laughs> I, what was the what was the gif I sent you immediately when you sent me the screenshot of Buddy Heal? Don't give me hope. <laughs> it was it was Hawkeye from Avengers Endgame saying, "Don't give me hope. Stop giving me hope." Although I do want to say Th this that. is That's what this is what you get for bringing up Degrom scenarios the last two weeks. <laughs> I did walk into this. You're right. You're absolutely. This is true. Come this on. Anytime true. you see something Mets related, you're going to send it to me. Anytime I see Lakers related, I'm going to send it to you. And we're both going to have an evil smile on our face while we're doing it. And anytime an Arkansas guy <laughs> does something, I'm going to say woo pig. Correct. Even if it's against the Pirates. <laughs> absolutely. That, I'll say it even louder if it's against the Pirates. I don't care. My loyalty's run deep. <laughs> Speaking of loyalties running deep. Wait, so is this a thing or not? 
Are they going to get Buddy Heald or not? I hope it's a thing. You're saying it's not. I want it to be a thing. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it. Okay. As of right now, no, but I'm hoping I'm wrong. Okay. Um, speaking of loyalties running deep, Charles Barkley, NBA on TNT, as you and I call it, the best show on television. Yes. Without question, especially sports related. Um, Greg Norman, CEO of LIFE Golf, apparently is interested in talking with Charles Barkley to have him as an analyst for LIV Golf. Charles Barkley leaving the NBA on TNT. Greg, is this a thing? I sure hope it's not a thing. Our our Thursday nights will be ruined. This cannot be a thing. Shaq, Shaq and Kenny will be funny with Ernie, but it will not be the same as them bullying Chuck into the ground and all the jokes that they can play on Chuck and just any stupid thing Chuck can say that will make you and me laugh. I need the Chuck and Shaq back and forth. Correct. I need it. Correct. It's what make that makes that show what it is. Although Kenny being the mild instigator and Ernie having to direct traffic also makes it better. I'm worried, though, that LIV is going to offer him a price that he will not say no to. A buttload of money, and he might not turn it down. I'm worried. He can go gamble his little heart out. Yeah. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about it, too. I, I'm hoping it's not a thing. I'm hoping it's not a thing as well. I'm very concerned that it is a thing. All right. I saved this for last. <laughs> this is something that I... Did I send this to you or did you send this to me? You sent it to me. I sent it to you because yeah. I'm like, this is one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. Oscar Meyer is reportedly releasing a new product. Now, remember, they do lunch meats, uh, hot dogs. Yeah, Oscar Mayer weenies. Oscar Mayer wieners. Apparently, they have kicked around the idea of meat-flavored seltzer. Dare I ask, is this a thing? Uh, I mean, they might be kicking around the idea that it's a thing, but I don't think anybody's buying it. That's disgusting. There's <laughs> always someone out there. That will buy something that disgusting. I would not put it past someone to buy meat-flavored seltzer. This is America. We eat some weird stuff. We drink even weirder stuff. I hate to say it because I don't trust people that much to not to not be responsible and not do something like this. <laughs> Dare I say it? I think this is a thing. I think you're right. <laughs> someone's someone's going to buy it. And they're going to be like, this meat-flavored seltzer is great. No, it's not. No, it's not. You're insane. <laughs> Your pH and your sweat is like 10 and a half. Uh, Go take a shower. Uh, like, you, you smell like baloney. Go take a shower. Dude, that's so gross. <laughs> and there's already dudes out there that sweat so much and don't take care of themselves. They already stink like baloney. They drink this stuff and smell even worse like baloney. This might be something that, like, you buy to dare your friend to drink. Yes. Yes. That's something I could have easily see myself drinking on a dare in college easily like yeah. i can see my frat brothers going joss will drink it yeah bring it over i'll do it <laughs> what are we what are we betting but 20 now, bucks you won't finish it all right let's go but take now it that to the head. now that you're 40 you will not do that oh hell no, no. <laughs> my breath would smell worse than my kid's diaper no way absolutely it, not insert i'm a man i'm 40 clip <laughs> do the drop mike gundy come after me i'm no, a man no, I'm, I'm 40 I'm not doing it but at the expense of the lack of intelligence of certain people in this country, I believe this is a thing. I could see Pony and Muller making Donnie drink it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they'd be the ones. I could see Kelly from Star 100.7 doing a video. Oh, my goodness. Meat-flavored yes. seltzer. I could see her face. Dude. Like, oh, she'd do it. 
We should totally send it to her person and be like, hey, have Kelly drink. After she has the baby, though. We don't want After to put her through that for her. Yeah. Uh, there's no need to put a pregnant woman through that kind of punishment. No. I like Kelly too much to do that Her situation is <laughs> delicate enough as it is. Yeah. <laughs> and that is it. We're going to end on that note. We're ending on me-flavored seltzer. This is, this is, this is, is this a thing for? We had to go big on this one. Every time we got to go bigger. So ending on meat-flavored salsa just feels like the right note to strike. It just felt like the right way to go. <laughs> so we're going to end on that note. Follow the show at Sunday MRR and Grind. Follow Greg at The GFIN. Follow me at Josh Taylor HD. We're going to do this again. And we're going to keep doing it. And it's going to keep getting crazy because we know you guys like it. We have fun doing it. Can we really top Oscar Mayer seltzer? We're going to try. <laughs> we thought we couldn't top some of the stuff we did in the previous three weeks, and we keep finding ways to do it, which I appreciate because we keep raising the bar. We're pushing ourselves to be great. <laughs> and we will be great, and we will be crazy next week because that's what we do. See you later.